Sports Fest, the only podcast on the internet that contains all of the zinc you'll need and get in just one setting. He is the one and only Andrew Duckhook Keller, and he told me he's made up with Brooks Kepka as well. I am Larry Olson, and I'm clearly a Bryson DeChambeau guy. Hello there, Mr. Keller. Hey, how's it going? I, uh, I, I recently found out that I need more gluten in my diet for uh, <laughs> eye health. So not only do you need zinc, make sure your multivitamins have lutein, L-U-T-E-I-N, to Is that at all related health. to gluten? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, celiacs, it's not celiacs related, but you can get uh, some pretty gnarly gas if, you, uh, if you're not gluten tolerant. My kids need that. Yeah. Well, as we all know, Notre Dame is the number one college football program in the world, and the Dallas Cowboys are the most important NFL team to talk about. So we always, <laughs> whenever we get a chance, kick off the show with a Dallas Cowboys story. The Dallas Cowboys are now 2-1. and one. They beat the Eagles in conference 41-21 over the weekend, securing first place in the NFC. And Dak Prescott is telling everyone he feels the best he's felt in his playing career, which if he wasn't saying that, then uh, I feel like he would have to go immediately. So this is kind of interesting. He's been playing well, but him saying he feels great is I, I'm not putting too much stock in it. I, I still don't have faith in the Cowboys, even though I should, because that's where I'm from. Yeah, and uh, it got a little emotional. It was his first home game in like a couple of years. He went through the big injury. He was like actually tearing up during the uh, national anthem. So it's good to see the Cowboys do well and that Dak Dak Prescott is back. But like, if you're the top team in the NFC, is that like NFC East? Is that like saying like a tree falls in the forest and you can't hear it? Did it fall anyways? Like, does it matter? Yeah. Who wants to lose in the first round of the playoffs? That's, yeah. that's what the fight is for. He did. Uh, he was asked about the tear that formed during the national anthem. He's like, I don't remember crying. So he wouldn't own up to it. <laughs> so, um, uh, also with the Cowboys, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who we kind of talked about last week. Is he worth the large contract? I looked him up. First game against the Buccaneers, he rushed for 33 yards. Last week against the Chargers, 71 yards. And then uh, on Sunday against the Eagles, he got 95 yards with 17 carries. So I guess he's slowly getting better. But as far as is he worth it, I'm, I'm leaning towards to be determined. The jury's still out. I, I'm just still wondering in this phase in my life if, like, the Yankees are playing well, the Cowboys are in first place, Notre Dame's okay, is that, like, Someone rocking me in a crib and just saying, "Hey, the world's okay. It's all it right." More there. gentle, yeah. And then all of a sudden, MC Hammer comes on the radio <laughs> because, hey, it's the early '90s. Oh, so nice. Well, we do have your Week Four Power Rankings, Andrew Keller. They are out. The Rams, your Los Angeles Rams, in their brand new home, are three and zero. Oh, they beat Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now two and one. Do you feel like that's the the rightly uh, um, attributed power team, the Rams, top team in the league right now? I mean, I guess if we're talking week four or post week three, yes, they've earned it because they knocked off the number one. And as cozy as I felt earlier with the Cowboys being in first place in their division and the Yankees and their damn all that, I feel very uncomfortable with the Browns and the Raiders being in the top five. Like that doesn't, I don't trust that. I, they're historically teams that don't finish, or at least in the last 20, 30 years. So uh, things feel like maybe they're a little bit upside down. 
do you, I guess, moving on from uh, the Rams, like the Browns and the Raiders, does that feel right to you? Well, I will say these aren't the uh, sports best power rankings. They're the power rankings provided by the USA Today. And I do believe that whoever wrote this was either high or drunk because, yeah, the Browns clearly aren't the third most powerful team in the NFL, and the Raiders are not the fourth. We're waiting for those two teams to choke. Yeah, I guess maybe it's taking advantage of a Hey, here's a fun story. These guys have been bad and now they're finally here. Yeah. But I feel like the Browns have like, quote, been here for a while <laughs> and uh, they always find ways to disappoint. But yeah, the Cardinals round out the top five, according to the USA Power uh, poll. Ravens six, Bills seven, Cowboys eight, Chargers nine, Chiefs ten. I mean, come on, the Chiefs the 10th behind the Raiders and Browns. That's just because they had a couple of, you know, once again, they've been the Super Bowl last two years. Maybe they're just trying to, their coach went down at the end of the game. So I, I don't think the Chiefs are the 10th worst or best team. Whatever. Yeah, and we're just three games into a now 17-week season, so a lot of stuff can happen. Dak can get hurt again. The Derek Carr can do whatever. I mean, Derek Carr has been playing well. If you have a fantasy, if you have a spite fantasy football team and Derek yeah. Carr is on waivers, you might want to pick him up, but. I think that that ship has sailed. I could have earlier on, but I think that ship sailed. Well, oscillating between feeling good and uncomfortable with the Browns and the Raiders, the Detroit Lions have continued to make me feel good by losing (laughs) again because that's what they do. But the way they lost on Sunday was in kind of crazy fashion. Uh, Justin Tucker hit a 66-yard field goal, and this is what that sounded like. On its way. It bounces off the crossbar. record-breaking 66-yard field goal. It makes it all the way to the crossbar, shoots straight up, and just clears the field goal post, which I think was crazy. A little bit of controversy that's been coming up is that people are saying the play before, there was a clear delay of game. And I don't think we've heard, I hadn't heard too much about it because TV clock, the TV play clock is not the official clock. So I think even if it was a delay game, the NFL is never going to have to own up to it because the TV clock is not the official clock. I'm a little bit older than you, but for my entire childhood, the longest kick in the NFL was from that dude that had like part of his square foot foot. cut off. Yeah. Yeah, The square foot. Like that's what they would always play when they talked about the longest field goal in NFL history. Yeah. It was 62 yards, I believe. And I think it happened in Denver. Really? Yeah. The thin air. I think. And it's easier to kick the longer field goals at mile high. But the dude had a wooden foot. I mean, come on. I want that guy back. Forget Justin Tucker. No. I'm, I'm happy for Justin Tucker. That's a, that's a long field goal. And you're happy for me because I had the Ravens in one of my survivor pools. So I can play on. Thank you very much. There you go. You might hear something about this this week, Mr. Keller. Tom Brady is going back to New England with his new team. The Tampa Buccaneers heading to New England to play the Patriots this week. First time he's visited since he left in 2020. Bill Belichick was asked this week if he wanted to resign Mr. Brady after the 2019 campaign. He said, quote, yeah, well, I think we've been through all the dynamics of that. There were a lot of things that, that, while we looked into it, this options, and while he made his decisions, we weren't as good as an option as Tampa. So, I mean, you'll have to ask him about all that. It seems like he's saying Tom left and there was nothing that the Brit Patriots could do. I mean, that's all he can say at this point. And 
I mean, Bill Belichick's had a very long career of giving non-answers and not being clear on who's on the injury reserve. And so, I mean, sure, maybe, but Bill Belichick with his personality can't say anything different because he doesn't want to give bulletin board material for other people. And I think at the end of the day, it was, that's what he has to say. But I mean, all the stories in that time reported that they, that Brady was upset with Belichick and all sorts of stuff. So who knows? Is anybody believing out there that Bill Belichick did not, that did everything he could to keep Tom and Tom just made some crazy decision. Does anybody believe that? Well, I mean, I guess the the one thing you could say is maybe Bel- it was out of Belichick's hands because it's not his money. I don't know how much Robert Kraft was getting involved in that, um, but Belichick was probably being like, this guy's old. He's got to start phasing out, and uh, maybe he got overridden. I don't know. I'm trying to – is that the Sunday night game? I'm, I'm actually – It's got to be. I mean, I'm, that's got to be the most um, anticipated game of the week. That's the I'm one gonna, I'm most interested in. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. That'll be I'm fun. Forward. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, a um, – what was it? A 12-leg parlay, parlay for the Ryder Cup nets almost $1 million from an $8 bet. This is Larry's long shot. So breaking on the sports best podcast, Larry Olson placed an $8 bet previously reported as an undisclosed better. And uh, he got every single match in a 12 log 12 leg parlay. Why is that hard to say his $8 bet cashes in at $966,290. That's a good payout for $8. That is so rich. Oh, that is so rich. Oh, at what point on a 12 leg parlay are you losing your mind? Is it after you hit 10 of them? Uh, I, st- I don't know. I start losing after I hit one. As, as I, parlays all the time. I'm doing some serious hedging, though. If it's coming down the stretch, dude, I would, I would gladly take like 100 grand. I'd gladly take 50 grand. I'm hedging big time. So you would sell the ticket. Oh, like, I'll, I'll sell it to you yeah. for 50 grand. Hell yeah. Oh boy. If I was like 75, I was, I was 50% there. I'd sell it. Wow. Dude, 50 grand in the Larry Olson sludge fund, dude. Come on, bro. What I about a million tomorrow? Let's go. All right. Well, next time you, you get on a hot streak, uh, give me a call and maybe I'll purchase your ticket off you. Did you watch any of the uh, Ryder cup over the weekend? I saw highlights of it. I, uh, I was having a family in town for a birthday party. And so I was not able to partake in the, uh, the thing I thought also I might check in with not friend of the show who was there and get some live some updates. Very fun, you know. Americans kind of really ran away with the Europeans. The couple right. of fun shots. The the big thing was of course the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau with the get along blah blah blah. So they win this tournament. They're at the all the players are there at the post match press conference. They they're basically letting Dustin Johnson talk the most because he's the oldest of the players, mm-hmm. and he goes at one point he demands that Brooks Kepka and Bryson hug in front of everybody. It was this really funny moment and all the players lost their mind. I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Having fun when you win, having fun. I don't know if you know this, Andrew Keller, but we are just a very short three weeks away from the start of the NBA season. In fact, NBA teams start training camp this week. Next week will be the first preseason game. Roughly 90% of NBA players are vaccinated as training camp gets going this week, health and safety protocols for vaccinated and unvaccinated players have not yet been finalized, 
but it's expected that unvaccinated NBA players will face more testing to be asked to sit in separate areas of team meetings, team meals, locker rooms, on the team plane and bus. Some of the bigger names that are refusing to get vaccinated would be Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors and Kyrie Irving of the Nets. So, you know, I get this idea that like you're you're like, hey, sci- I'm not completely convinced of the science that maybe I should get vaccinated. And then comes out Kyrie Irving, who thinks the world is flat. And so if you're going to stay on Kyrie Irving's side of science, maybe you want to rethink that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a tricky situation for the NBA. I mean, because I kind of always this, look at these things through the eyes of this is a business. And if they say, Kyrie Irving, you can't play, they're hurting their product to some extent and potentially making less money. But if they say you can play, you're theoretically putting more people at risk. So it's kind of a, I think it, the reason it hasn't come out yet is the, the players union and the NBA are still trying to work out the details of everything. And, and just anytime you put any kind of protocol into place, you have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. And so what is that line in the sand? They have to sit at the front of the plane and everyone else is at the back or like, what does that mean? In Andrew Wiggins case for the Warriors, he cannot play in home games in San Francisco in his own arena if he's not vaccinated. So that means for Andrew Wiggins, he gives up $350,000 a game times 42 if he doesn't get vaccinated. So I think this is an interesting idea of, are you going to stand on your laurels and say, I need an exemption or I'm going to do what's right or you, and give up $350,000 or are you just going to get the shot? I mean, yeah, I think for the Andrew Wiggins case that it's uh, if he's willing to forfeit that money because he wants to yeah. die on that sword, every right, like it's it's fine. Um, so I say good on him. Don't don't do it. Give up the money. That's fine. I know he's just playing this massive game of chicken right now. <laughs> I think he's going to lose, but he's playing chicken. Yeah, I think there's there's too much weighted on the other side that it's like, all right, we'll go on without you. And it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt us. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> telling their child that they need to just uh, cry it out. And yeah. um, I, like I don't know that. when his mortgage comes due yeah. next month, he's got to sign that $20,000 check. I don't know how much money he spends every month, but <laughs> I think it's a lot. <laughs> well, from a uh, money to money, I was looking at this, um, there's two brothers. One plays for Cleveland. His name's Bradley Zimmer. And his older brother, Kyle, is uh, plays for Detroit? No, the Royals, KC. And uh, Kyle, older brother, this year is making $588,000. And little brother, Bradley, is making four hundred k. So they're, I guess, kind of around the league minimum for baseball. And you would think that Kyle has the bragging rights. But recently, uh, Bradley faced off against Kyle and went yard on him, hitting a 408-foot home run. So I don't know, do you have more bragging rights because you went yard on your brother, or is brother being like, hey, I got dinner because uh, I got the bigger contract? I mean, I suppose it depends on the family, but like some brothers would want to rake on the other brothers, and some mm-hmm. would be like, I felt I feel bad raking. But yeah. if you're a competitive guy, I guess it really doesn't matter who you're playing against. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, they're competitive people. And the story made me think of the Watt brothers. We talked about them recently ah. with the different contracts. It's like, who's going to have the most, but anyway, it was a kind of a fun story going yard on your brother. Not many people say can say that, that they did that in the show. I can, because I used to play wiffle ball with my brother and I used to take him over the house all the time. So, oh. and over I the think house is a home run. 
The over the house was a home run on the roof was a triple. I believe we played wiffle ball this summer at Lake Tahoe. And I also took him to the house. When you hit it in the lake, it's a home run. Wow. Who picked up dinner? Uh, I think my wife just made dinner. Oh, well, there you go. Well, LeBron James has old man. What could have been dreams? I think old man dreams are great. I am very pro old man dreams and I'm very pro LeBron James. You're very pro LeBron James. You're on record saying that. I appreciate that. Uh, well, LeBron stopped by the Peyton and Eli Manning football show recently and or on Sunday. And he said that uh, the Cowboys and the Seahawks offered him to play tight end in the NFL during the NBA lockout in 2011. And while that may or may not have been true, Jerry Jones is such a, a showman. I'll buy that. But as Tim Tebow showed, you can't just pick up tight end in the NFL without any kind of background. There's no questioning that LeBron James is a physical specimen and has the athletic ability to be able to compete in the NFL, but like there's fundamentals that he wouldn't have been able to accomplish. I don't think, I think it would have been good, like fun publicity. Like when the Mavericks signed, when Mark Cuban bought the Mavericks, they signed Dennis Rodman and just got people in the seats and then kind of built momentum and, and LeBron playing on your football team during an NBA lockout would have been good publicity, but LeBron's also at an age that like, he doesn't have to prove that he would have made it. So it's easy now to say, Hey, I could have played in the NFL and there was offers on the table. I think the cool new thing is everybody wants to go on the Manning show on Monday night football. Those guys get like all the cool guests. Yeah. I, I didn't see this live, but I saw that uh, Eli had to apologize for giving the double bird during the show. It's funny. You know, that's the headline, but he's describing what a nine-year-old kid did to him when he was playing in Philadelphia. So he goes, this is what a nine-year-old did. Yeah. Well, people like to talk about what should have been. I don't know. Anyway, do you think LeBron would have made it? I say no. I think he would have done just fine playing. They would have gone for his knees and ruined his NBA career. I will say this about LeBron. He's an NBA MVP. He's a movie star. He's a businessman. So if he wants to play in the NFL, I believe that he could play in the NFL. Uh, well, you can you can buy what he's selling, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. You know what? You can't see this, but I am giving Andrew Keller the double birds as we wrap up here. <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, us talk more about the Tom Brady rivalry as he heads back to New England this weekend. This has been Sports Best. We'll see you next episode.